Welcome back to the Fantasy Ace Ball Podcast, my friends. Or if this is your first listen, I do recommend giving the past podcast a listen before you listen to this one, if you have the time. I'll give a shout out to my own pods of F hitter scores and F pitcher scores so you can understand what goes behind the F scores because the F scores are a part of my rankings here on today's podcast where we will be discussing the 2022 all podcast redraft team or mine anyway. Um, So before we get into the team itself, I just wanted to preface this by saying this is redraft. So that means that these are not the top prospects at each position. I am going to discuss who I think will be the most impactful prospects, sorry if I can speak, impactful prospects this year in redraft leagues or any other league, just it's geared toward 2022 alone, not toward future seasons. So these are the prospects who who will be the most impactful for your 2022 season this year. And most of these podcasts have prospects have no playing time or have not had playing time in the majors to date, but some of them have. And so you'll kind of see, you might ask, where is this prospect or that prospect? There's kind of weird cutoffs for some of these prospects where if you have have had 300 at-bats in the majors, 100 at-bats in the majors, have they pitched 10 innings or have they pitched 50 innings? So that is something to take into consideration with the prospects on who is being included as a prospect and who is not. Um, So, you know, my guesses with these prospects are that they will be impactful for the team. They won't be busts. I like most of these guys for one reason or another. If they're not on this team, you can feel free to reach out to me on Twitter at fantasy Aceball or comment on the pod and ask, yo, how come this guy's not on the team? Or how come you've got this guy over this guy? What's going on? I'm here to answer the questions. So hit me up on Twitter, hit me up on other platforms. This is, at Fantasy Aceball, my name is Tim Kanak. So, hook it up. Um, so, now I guess we'll go ahead and get into the 2022 All-Prospect Redraft Team. And additionally, we will talk about um, some of the F-scores that these prospects have. And something to keep in mind with, especially I feel like the hitter F-scores, um, it's a little difficult to translate minor league stats into major league stats or minor league stat cast data because we don't have as much of it into major league stat cast data. Because remember, a lot of the S-scores are about skill-based uh, actions. So basically, I'm trying to rank people based on the skills that they're showing, and a lot of it is based on like stat cast data, not just stats. It's not a stat line or projections. That's not what F-scores are. They're not projections. I'm telling you how good a player is at a particular skill. That is important for fantasy baseball, whether as a hitter or a pitcher. So let's get into it. And like I said, this is a work in progress. My prospect F scores. Um, hopefully we will be getting better as we move along. Alrighty. I had to stop midstream there because uh, my two-year-old decided to rip his diaper off and start running around naked. And he is fully clothed again. So let's get into the team. We will start off with our catcher. And I have as the primary catcher, 
And most of these, you'll see there's a primary and a backup. The outfielders and the starting pitchers, I went a little deeper. But our primary catcher is going to be MJ Melendez with the Royals. Melendez, I think, could play a more prominent role than probably you were expecting to hear me say Adley Rutschman. Because I think Melendez is going to be starting with the big league team this year. I think he's going to end up being Salvi's backup at catcher. He's going to be DHing some, and he might even get some action at third base because apparently he had been playing some third at the end of the season last year. So I think we're going to see Melendez get worked in uh, pretty early into the season, if not to start the season. And he has some pretty sick power. He led the entire minor leagues in home runs last year. And uh, his F his F scores are an F contact of 87, an F discipline of 99, F power of 178, and F speed of 78. So I think that Melendez and Salvi are kind of going to go back back and forth between DH and catcher, and Melendez might play some third too, and Salvi might play some first. So I think that's going to give both of them a good amount of playing time. And I've already kind of given away the backup catcher here. That's Adley Rutschman with the Orioles. And I would have had Adley first, except that he got hurt. And then now I think he's not going to be up until a little later. We might not. I, I feel like we're going to see Adley, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall all come at the same time, um, the way that the Orioles have been playing it. So maybe they all come up. They're probably all definitely coming up after a Super 2. Um, I don't think the Orioles are going to be brave enough to uh, say, okay, Adley's going to win Rookie of the Year, and we're going to get that draft pick, and we're going to start him to start the year especially after the injury. So I think that we're going to be waiting on all three of those guys until after the Super 2, um, not, especially now that he got hurt in spring. So they have a reason to hold him down a little longer past that Super 2 deadline. But Adelie has a, an F contact of 100, which is 13% better than Melendez's 87. He has an F discipline of 134, which is 35% better than uh, Melendez's F discipline. A power of 121 which is 57% lower than Melendez's 178, which is very high, and an F-speed of 50, which is 28% lower than Melendez's F-speed of 78. So um, those are the catchers. MJ Melendez, number one. Adley Rutschman, number two. Let's get into first base. My starting first baseman on the all-prospect redraft team, it should be no surprise to anyone, that's Spencer Torkelson with the Tigers. Tork has a chance of making the opening day roster. Uh, Avila has said, and it's not Avila, everyone likes to call him Avila, but Avila has been on the record saying that Torque and Riley Green have a shot at the roster. They're going to be starting when they're ready. So we could see both of them starting the season in the majors. So Torque is our number one first baseman. He has a very good shot at making the opening day roster and also a very good shot at winning AL Rookie of the Year this year. And that would net the Tigers an extra draft pick, I believe, the way the new rules work. So um, it's pretty exciting to see some of these new rules and how they're gonna, how the teams are gonna play with these new rules and see what they can do. So we've got Torque with an F contact of a 93, F discipline of 101, F power of 147, and F speed of 54. And our backup first baseman is Nick Prado with the Royals. I don't think that Roy that uh, Prado is going to be starting the season on the major league roster. I did at first, and you might have heard in some of my other podcasts if you listen to them that I thought Prado would be starting uh, the year in the majors, but I think what they're going to do is they're going to start Melendez and get Salvi some playing time at first um, until maybe they make a move and find someone to buy Santana. So I think that we'll see Prado a little bit later, or maybe he comes up and plays some left field 
a little bit down the road. I think we're going to be looking maybe at June or something for Prado because maybe the Royals are going to want to see him cut back on that strikeout rate a little bit. Um, but I did at first think that he would have a really good chance of making the opening day roster, but I think that's pushed back a little bit now uh, because I think Melendez is going to be the guy that they bring up with Witt to start the season. Even though I think Prado and Witt are roommates, so um, I don't know. Sometimes that plays a factor. And he's already spent half season in AAA. So I'm thinking Prado will probably be up at around like Memorial Day or something, which is kind of like a standard like prospect promotion day uh, for Super 2. At least it was in the past. So Prado has an F contact of 78, an F discipline of 84, an F power of 144, and an F speed of 106. So he does bring a little speed to the first base position, which is nice to see. And now we will get to second base. My starting second baseman is Nolan Gorman with the Cardinals. And Gorman netted over 300 at-bats in AAA last year, so he's right in line to spend the majority of the season in the majors this year. I don't think he'll be starting in the majors. I think that the Cardinals are going to wait and play that Super 2 game to try to get that extra year of eligibility. So maybe we see Gorman in June or the end of May. That is my guess. They'll let Edmund play, or unless there's an injury. I don't think we'll be seeing Gorman sooner, especially with the signing of Corey Dickerson. That means that they don't need Gorman to DH. So they're going to have Dickerson around. They've got a new bar. Um, unless there's a trade that opens some things up, I expect we'll see Gorman uh, later in the year, not to start the year. Um, but he should still get more playing time than most of the other second base uh, prospects that are out there. So Gorman, when he is up, he, I do expect him to start a second, and then Edmund will probably move to a super utility role. And Gorman has an F contact of 93, an F discipline of 75, F power of 119, and an F speed of 66. Our backup second baseman might not even be playing second base. He'll probably be a super utility guy. Talking about Tommy Edmund, Vidal Brujan with the race, I think is going to be basically the Tommy Edmund of the race. Or Tommy Edmund before last year where he was the starting second baseman when he was moving around all over the outfield and field wherever. So I think that's the role that Vidal Brujan is going to be playing, but I'm putting him at second base here because I think that that is the best spot to put him uh, for these rankings. So uh, Brujan has the ability to be one of these big game changers just because of his speed. He's kind of like a Jonathan VR type player is what he reminds me of. He does have a little power, so he's not straight Billy Hamilton. He's got a little power, a lot of speed. He just has to make contact. So Brujan with an F contact of 87, an F discipline of 103, an F power of 71, and an F speed of 184. So Brujan is a really nice player. He could be a really nice fantasy contributor to your teams in 2022. Just depends on how the Rays are going to use him, which is why I have him as the backup below Gorman, is I think once Gorman is up, Gorman's going to definitely be starting. And once Brujan is up, he's going to be getting raid around where they just place him wherever they need him, fill him in, and he could be riding the bench some and being like a pinch runner later in games. So that's why I've got Gorman a little ahead of Brujan, even though um, I like that speed skill set it's rare. I just think that he will be more steady once he's promoted. Next will be shortstop. Our shortstop starter is Bobby Witt Jr., which should be no surprise to anybody. Uh, he should be starting the year in the majors. He probably has the best shot of winning AL Rookie of the Year to anyone besides maybe Torque. Uh, so we'll see probably Witt and Torque, I think, both starting the year in the majors. And I've been getting a lot of Bobby Witt. I've been buying him anywhere I can because I think he's going to be beast right away. Um, now he might only hit 250 with like a 320 or 330 OBP, but he's going to be a 
power speed straight up at the beginning, kind of like Robert when Robert started. So I'm buying anywhere I can get him. Uh, Wit has an F contact of 94, an F discipline of 85, an F power of 142, and an F speed of 145. My backup shortstop is Jose Barrero, who should be starting the season as the primary shortstop for the Reds, pending some sudden move that happens after I record this pod. Uh, and that's why I have him over Bryson Stott. I actually like Stott better than Barrero, but I think that Stott is blocked by Didi right now, and I don't know if the Phillies are going to find a landing spot to trade Didi. Uh, there have been some rumors that they might trade him to the Yankees, or back to the Yankees, but until that happens, um, Didi should be the starting shortstop for the Phillies to start the year, but Barrero should be the starting shortstop for the Reds to start the year. And Barrero has some nice power speed. We'll see if he can finally put it together at the major league level because he did have a pretty nice season in the minors last year. So Brero has an F contact of 95, an F discipline of 74, an F power of 113, and an F speed of 127. Lastly, around the horn here before we get into the outfield, we have our third baseman. Our starting third baseman would have been Josh Young prior to his injury, but uh, and he, he was one of my top guys too. He might have been up there with Torque and Witt for Rookie of the Year, and I was getting him. Like, I have him drafted in a D.C. like right before the injury, so that kind of sucks. But um, I've got Jose Miranda as my primary third baseman with the Twins. This is even after the trades and the signing of uh, Carlos Correa, which happened today. I still have Miranda here at third base because there's a chance, apparently, that the Twins are talking to Oakland in a trade, and I'm a Cardinals fan, so I'm hoping the Cardinals can get one of those starters. But there's a possibility Miranda it would be on the move in a trade like that. Or maybe Royce Lewis. We might see one of these guys get moved. These uh, super prospects for the Twins. I've been hanging around for a little bit. And I think that Miranda is either going to get playing time because he gets traded. Or he's going to get playing time because eventually he's going to just be better than Urshela. And Urshela is going to be a super sub rather than the starting third baseman. So I still like Miranda as the next best third baseman because there aren't that many good third basemen and there aren't that many good third base prospects either because a lot of these prospects who are shortstop prospects will probably eventually be moving to to, uh, third base. Maybe like Noelvi or Luciano, some of these guys that are a little bit younger that won't come into effect in 2022. So I've got Jose Miranda here with an F contact of 101, an F discipline of 108, an F power of 122, and an F speed of 49. I think that... He should start the season on a team and eventually work his way, or if he gets traded, probably start his way as the starting third baseman, or maybe even DH, because I've heard his defense is not that great. My backup third baseman is Kevin Smith, who just got traded to the Athletics from the Blue Jays, and right now he's going to be the starting third baseman for the Athletics, it looks like, unless they get Jose Miranda, so <laughs> which the Athletics are a really bad team, so they need uh, as many guys as they can get. So I have Kevin Smith. Right, as my backup third baseman. And I have no F scores for Kevin Smith because he really wasn't on my radar much back when he was buried by the Blue Jays. I kind of saw him as like the third guy in line because I think they, they like Groshans better, which is why they traded Kevin Smith um, as the backup. And now they've got Matt Chapman there. So Kevin Smith is should not be on everybody's radar. I haven't gone back and done F scores for him. Um, but he does have some nice power speed, and he started finally getting traction at the in the minors last year at the age of 25. Um, he's not the best contact guy, but he does have some power speed and could possibly go 2020 if he gets a full season of playing time. And that rounds up our infield. We'll be back momentarily to go over the outfield. <laughs> 
let's go ahead and get into the outfielders now. My outfield number one is kind of a cheat code, but I've got Seiya Suzuki with the Cubs, who is coming over from Japan. So technically he's a rookie, and he probably will win Rookie of the Year since he's definitely going to be starting the year in the majors with the Cubs. It's a very good shot, which means that the Cubs are going to get a nice draft pick out of signing him, the way the new rules work. Um, I don't really know how that works with posted players. I don't know if they count toward that. If they do, it's kind of crappy for the other teams that have nice players in the NL because Seiya is almost definitely going to have the best shot at winning Rookie of the Year in the National League. Um, you know, I really liked Seiya coming in. I really wanted him. You may have heard me get mad when uh, I didn't get him in TGFBI, uh, but now he's a Cub, so now I can't really like him as a player, which kind of sucks. I'll probably still be drafting him, though. Even though I Trent, I, I typically Trent to not drafting Cubs because I don't want to root for someone on a team that I hate, but um, I'm going to have to say, I think. Uh, he has an F contact of 100, an F discipline of 137, an F power of 163, and an F speed of 76. That's translating from Japan, where basically I took his numbers when I coming to the majors as if he was playing in AAA. That's kind of how I came across, got to his F-score numbers. It was as if he was playing in AAA, him being in Japan there. Uh, so he should be in line for a very good season. My second outfielder, and I have 10 outfielders here, is Riley Green with the Tigers. Uh, I've already talked about how Torque and Riley Green are going to have a decent chance of starting the season in the majors. And he mashed an Apotaco home run his first game of spring training. So he's already living up to the hype. I know everybody is always gets hyped on these spring training homers and the guys who excel in spring, even though the numbers in spring don't really matter. But it does show... Uh, the Tigers, hey, uh, this guy might be one of your best players. You might want to start in the majors. So he does have some swing and miss concerns, but he has a lot of power and speed. He's kind of like a little bit like Bobby Witt, uh, but I think his he's going to have a little more speed, a little less power, and his contact skills are not as good um, coming into the year this year. But Riley Green has an F contact of 76, an F discipline of 69, an F power of 125, and an F speed of 173. Our outfield number three here is Julio Rodriguez with the Mariners. Uh, and I do have Riley Green ahead of Julio because I think Riley Green is going to have more at-bats this year by a long shot. And we don't even know when Julio is going to be coming up. He just destroyed a ball in spring in his first game. And if he keeps doing stuff like that, it may force the Mariners' hand. But the Mariners have a super crowded outfield. So where's Julio going to play? Unless they move one of their outfielders to first base. They have Winker now. They have Kalenic and Haniger in the outfield. They also have Kyle Lewis still and Taylor Trammell. So unless they move one of these guys, like apparently Lewis is going to be playing DH. So you've got one guy who's going to be DH. So you're taking three outfield spots in your DH already. Unless they're planning to move... Winker, maybe, or one of these guys, or Hanniger to first base, which um, I think Hanniger is a pretty good outfielder, so maybe it would be Winker to first base. I don't know what they're going to do to make room for J-Rod unless they make a trade at some point. And it seems like management has already shown that they don't want to promote uh, J-Rod too early, so he's probably going to be coming up 
later in the season. I'm expecting like June or July call up for J Rod, uh, pending an injury to someone. So J Rod has an F contact of 77, an F discipline of 96, an F power of 130, and an F speed of 149. He's getting the nice Juan Soto comps. And anyone who watches him can tell he's going to be a star in the league at some point. Outfield number four is Kyle Isbell, who should be starting the season as a starting outfielder for the Kansas City Royals. He didn't perform well when he was brought up at the beginning of the year last year. He made the team out of camp last year and didn't play very well. Went down to the minors. Uh, I guess he had something with his hip and his swing. His swing wasn't right. Got his swing right. And then started mashing taters and uh, then came back up and ended the season hot. So I like Isbell this year. I think he's got solid power, solid speed. He was really good in college. He has an F contact of 104, an F discipline of 90, an F power of 89, and an F speed of 165. So I like Isbell. He's my outfield four for redraft league prospects. Outfield five is Josh uh, Lowe. Josh is it, is it low. Yeah, Brandon Lau, Josh Low, Nate Low, I think. Raise. Raising their low Lows. Uh, even though they traded Nate away, who I think is Josh's brother. So anywho, uh Low is I I really like Low. He's got really good power speed skills. Kind of he reminds me like of a worse version of Riley Green in a way, as a prospect. Um but one of the problems is Rays do Ray things. Unless they trade Austin Meadows, who is apparently on the market right now. So if they trade Meadows, that clears a spot for Lowe to play. But unless they do that, then they're also, they also have a super crowded outfield just like the Mariners because they have uh, Rosarena, they've got Meadows, they've got Margot, and they have Kiermaier. So unless they trade Kiermaier or Meadows, um, Lowe is not going to have much room for playing time to start the year this year, which is why I have him below someone like Isbell, who is going to be a starter at the beginning of the year. So Lowe has an F contact of 80, an F discipline of 88, an F power of 117, and an F speed of 235. Outfield six is Jaron Duran. Duran was promoted late in the year last year and crapped the bed. So uh, regardless, he should have a shot with the Red Sox to start the season as a starter, and we'll see how he does. I think the power that he was showing last year is not real. I think that was a just uh, a blip. I don't think we're going to see more of that. But he has a lot of speed, so he, that can help. He could always be like a 10 or 15 homer guy with 25 steals. Um, I think that's probably an, a ceiling for Jaron Duran. But he's got to hit to make that happen, and he's got to get on base steal bases. So Duran has an F contact of 96, an F discipline of 67, an F power of 87, and an F speed of 204. And remember, 100 is league average for these F scores. If you haven't listened to the F score hitting uh, podcast or pitching podcast that explains how we come to the F scores, what the F scores are consisted of, I do recommend listening to those pods so you know what F contact is, F discipline, F power, and F speed. Otherwise, you have no idea what goes into those. But 100 is league average. That is something you should know. Outfield number seven is Stephen Kwan with the Guardians, which is still weird to call them the Guardians, but the Cleveland Baseball Club. 
Uh, Quan was a nice little secret. I can't remember who it was, but one of our fantasy friends blasted him out, and now everybody is on some Stephen Kwan. Uh, he reminds me kind of like Jesse Winker as a prospect because Winker wasn't a big prospect coming up. Um, he's like a play discipline guy with some other good skill, like good contact, stuff like that. That's exactly how Quan is. He's kind of like under the radar prospect uh, who most people don't know about. Some people are going to know about him now. People who listen to podcasts and stuff like that, they're all going to know who Stephen Kwan is now because everybody's been talking about him this offseason. But um, people who don't do that, they're not going to know Kwan. So it depends on how, who, who in your, who's in your league, how, how, you know, how much they pay attention to what's going on in the offseason, on if you can wait on Stephen Kwan or if you need to try to grab him a little early. Um, but he should be a starter for the Guardians at the beginning of the season, pending further moves. He's an F contact of 100, an F discipline of 209, an F power of 105, and an F speed of 101. So basically, he's like very league average in everything, but then his plate discipline is like double. It's like ridiculous. He's got like Joey Votto, or like I said, Jesse Winker. Like he's got plate discipline like some of these guys who get 400 OBPs. So that's the type of guy Quan is. Sorry if you hear my son yelling in the background. Dude doesn't sleep. After number eight is Alec Thomas with the Diamondbacks. I think Thomas has a good chance to start the year in the majors, and if he doesn't, he should be up in short order because he is the eldest of the Diamondbacks super outfield prospects of uh, Thomas and Christian Robinson and Corbin Carroll. These really good prospects that the Diamondbacks have in the outfield. Um, so I think that Thomas has a shot of making the season, making the team out of spring, but if he doesn't, and they just play Varsho and Peralta and who else do they even have out in the outfield? I can't even think of it right now because Cattell, I believe, will be playing second. So I don't know who who else they even have um, off the top of my head. But the D-backs may just keep him down to just gain the year of eligibility and then bring him up in May or June or whatever this year. But once he's up, he's got power speed and he's got good contact tools. So... I expect maybe 280, 15-15 if he comes up a little later in the year, or something like that pace anyway. He's an F contact of 76, an F discipline of 82, an F power of 128, and an F speed of 91. Outfielder number nine is also a Cub. That's Brennan Davis. I think Brennan Davis will not be up until later in the year, maybe July, maybe August. I think they're going to hold him down because they want to try out Clint Frazier and Rafael Ortega, and Harold Ramirez. They're going to see what they have in those guys in the corner outfield spots before they bring up Brennan Davis. At least that's what I think. Unless they have an injury or unless they're really making an aggressive run, then they may bring Davis up sooner than that. But I think that he's a post-All-Star break guy. He's going to be really good once he's up, which is why I have him in my top 10, even though he will not be starting the season on the, the roster more likely than not. So uh, he has an F-contact of 85, an F-discipline of 89, an F-power of 155, and an F-speed of 64. Let's get to our last outfielder now. That's Lars Newbar with the Cardinals. Newbar should be starting the season on the Cardinals. Unless they trade him, then he'll be starting the season for another team. He is done in the minors. He killed it at AZL. He's not going to be a starter for the Cardinals. He's going to be a fourth outfielder, but he could get some DH time. Or if he gets traded to, say, the Athletics, if the Cardinals trade for another starter now that Flaherty is injured, Newbar might be a part of any trade, and he could be starting immediately for a team like that. So um, Newbar, though, is 
pretty solid across the board. Does nothing special, but is a nice player. And, uh, you know, for prospects in redraft leagues, like if you can get Lars Dupar pretty late, he's not going to hurt you, and he's going to put up counting stats. So that's good enough in a lot of deep leagues. He's got an F contact in 95, an F discipline of 100, an F power of 93, and an F speed of 67. That's Lars Newbar, and that is going to wrap up our hitters. Now I've got 10 pitchers to get into in short order. I'm going to go back and rehash all of our hitters here before we get into the pitchers. We have at catcher, MJ Melendez, the starting catcher, backup catcher, Adley Rutschman. Our starting first baseman is Spencer Torkelson, and our backup first baseman is Nick Prado. Our starting second baseman is Nolan Gorman, with a backup second baseman is Vidal Brujan. Our starting shortstop is Bobby Witt, Jr., and our backup shortstop is Jose Barrero. Our starting third baseman is Jose Miranda, would have been Josh Young, hitting that got injured. And then our backup third baseman is Kevin Smith. Now for the outfield, outfield one is Seiya Suzuki, two, Riley Green, three, Julio Rodriguez, four, Kyle Isbell, five, Josh Lowe, six, Jaron Duran, seven, Stephen Kwan, eight, Alec Thomas, nine, Brennan Davis, and ten, Lars Newbar. All righty, let's get to the pitchers. Pitcher number one, who is going to give our boys Torque and Bobby Witt Jr. a run for their money and Riley Green a run for his money for AL Rookie of the Year is Shane Boz with the Rays. Boz is about as safe as you can get with pitching prospects. He should get somewhere between 140 or 150 innings. This dude pitched a playoff game for the Rays, so he should definitely be starting the season in the rotation, but they should be pretty safe with him. I expect somewhere along Shane McClanahan innings pitched and workload that uh, McClanahan had last season, where he started the year getting starts with only like four innings a start, sometimes five, and then by the end of the year, he was getting up to six innings per start. So that's kind of what I expect from Shane Boz as far as innings pitched. He obviously has electric stuff and could be a potential top 10, top 20 starting pitcher in the near future. He has an F stuff of 124, an F control of 112, and an F ERA of 123. And if you don't know what F stuff, F control, and F ERA are, please listen to the F score pitching podcast where I rehash what goes into each of these statistics. Again, just like with the F scores for hitting, 100 is league average for fantasy baseball. Is that F and F ERA, F control, F stuff stands for fantasy. That is what that is based on. I'm trying to rank these guys and rate these guys for fantasy baseball purposes and how they're going to help your team. And in a, this is in a way that is skills-based that translates across any type of format. Picture number two is Joe Ryan with the Twins. I think Ryan is pretty underrated because he doesn't throw mad heat and he doesn't have a bunch of like crazy pitching ninja stuff like Shane Boz, but he's a very effective and it always has been. His minor league statistics, if you ever look at his Fangraphs page, are just ridiculous at every level that he's at. So I would just take the track record on this guy and expect that he's going to do similar things in the majors. The Twins obviously really like him. I think he's going to be their number three starter or something to start out at. Uh, well, as of right now, if they don't trade for Montas or Manaya, uh, Joe Ryan should be their number three starter. And Joe Ryan has really good F-score stuff. His F-stuff, not just F-stuff, but all of his F-scores are ridiculous just because of how good he's been in the minors. And he is a little bit older, so that means also that Maybe he can pitch more innings. 
he's going to be a little more steady, and we won't have ups and downs like some of the younger rookies. So Joe Ryan has an F-stuff of 127, an F-control of 141, and an F-ERA of 112. Pitcher number three is Rowanzi Contreras with the Pirates. I don't know if he's going to be starting on the team out of spring. He did have a start at the end of the year last year, so they've already uh, kind of put him in. You know, he's, he's already had, you know, been in the majors, so are they going to really try to play uh, roster manipulation games with him now that he's played in the majors, or are they going to just give him a shot and see if he can finish in the top five in the NL Rookie of the Year voting? Um, I think he's going to be up sooner rather than later, so I think we should see him very early, and he's also a very good pitcher and has a strong track record of his of minor league stats. His F stuff is 114, his F control is 98, and his F ERA is 123, as Rowanzi Contreras with the Pirates. Pitcher number four is Aaron Ashby, and I do expect him to be on the opening day major league roster, but I expect that to be as a reliever. I think he's going to be kind of like a swing man or piggyback guy for the Brewers until someone gets hurt, and then he's going to fill in that void in the rotation. Or maybe he'll just work into it if he's that much better than somebody else during the season. Aaron Ashby has an F-stuff of 119, an F-control of 89, and an FERA of 142. That's my son in the background. Sorry about that. Pitcher number five is Grayson Rodriguez with the Orioles. Like I said when I was talking about Adley Rutschman, I don't expect Grayson to be up until maybe Adley Rutschman and Dia Hall and Grayson Rodriguez all come up at the same time. Grayson Rodriguez is known as the best minor league pitcher, um, even better than Boz. So it will be fun to see him when he comes up, but I don't think we're going to see him up until about halfway through the season. So June, July would be like a best-case scenario, which is what pushes him down to pitcher number five. Um, Grayson Rodriguez has an F-stuff of 146, an F-control of 110, and an F-ERA of 116. Pitcher number six here is actually on roster resource right now, currently the number five starter for this team. That's Matt Brash with the Mariners. I did not expect Brash to be uh, have getting, getting this opportunity to be in that spot this early in the season. I thought maybe they were going to pitch him out of the bullpen, um, or they would work him in a little later. But with the trades, they've cleared some room. On their team, some of the trades, like the one for Winker and Suarez, cleared a bunch of room on their rotation. So Brash has a good ch- uh, chance now of starting on the team. I don't think he's going to get more than 140 or so innings, though. So they may end up uh, having like a Matt Brash and George Kirby like switcheroo, where Brash starts, you know, at the beginning of the year, and then they take him out and put him in the bullpen later in the year, and then George Kirby comes in and takes his rotation spot. Uh, to save the innings. Probably something like that is realistic. I do really like George Kirby, but he's not going to be on this list because this is all prospect redraft team, and I don't think we're going to see Kirby until too late in the year for it to matter for uh, redraft leagues at the beginning of the year. I like I wouldn't be drafting him unless you're in like a dynasty league or something. I wouldn't be drafting him that early um, due to that reason. So Brash has an F-stuff of 128, an F-control of 92, and an F-ERA of 132. Most people say his slider is the best pitch of any pitcher in the minor leagues. I haven't seen it much except, you know, on a couple of YouTube videos. So we'll see how it translates, though, to major league hitters. Um, I'd like to see that. Pitcher number seven, Hunter Green. Dude throws over 100 miles per hour. 
Uh, we have more openings now with the Reds rotation as they they traded Sonny Gray, but then they just brought in Justin Dunn, some of these guys from the Mariners. So they're blocking some of these spots. But Hunter Green is on the 40-man roster. There's a chance that they still trade Luis Castillo and Tyler Molly, uh, even though they said that they're not trading them now. But that there's still the possibility. Maybe they're waiting for the Mar- or the Athletics to finish their fire cell and trade off Montes and Minaya so that they can squeeze every penny with uh, Castillo and Mali because there won't be any other starters available on the market. The free agents are already all pretty much gone. So the Oakland is asking a high price on their starters. And then the Reds might be asking, waiting so that they can ask an even higher price on their starters after Oakland trades their guys. Um, Hunter Green has an F stuff of 117 and an F control of 96 and an F ERA of 100. I do think that we will see him starting the majority of the season. Even if the Reds have to wait to trade guys, um, we should see Hunter Green maybe up in May after the Super 2 or whatever and starting for the rest of the season. After that, he does have a nice innings built up, so we shouldn't see much delay. Pitcher number eight is Max Meyer. I think that we're going to see Meyer come up in June or July, um, or depending on when a Marlins pitcher gets hurt, he's going to be good when he comes up. I do think he'll be a help ahead of Kirby, which is why I have Meyer on this list and not Kirby. Uh, but Myers Beast, he's got really good stuff. I think he's going to be up as a starter, even though there was reliever concerns for him earlier in the career. He's got an F stuff of 123, an F control of 97, and an FERA of 138. Pitcher number nine, Reed Detmers, is not currently on the Angels roster resource, but I think he should be starting in the, for the Angels this year. The Angels are apparently going to have a six-man rotation. I know they're trying to give Lorenzen a shot in their rotation. And they have some other guys at the back end, like Berea, who aren't that great. So I think that we'll see Detmers take one of the spots. He didn't have the best showing in his uh, debut last year with the Angels, but he did make five starts. And uh, his minor league track record speaks for itself. He came from college. And uh, his minor league last season, he threw, he had ridiculous numbers. But then just in the majors, he wasn't very good. So I think that with a proper spring and getting him warmed up, uh, he should be up relatively early and performing at a high level. Demers has a 108 F stuff, an F control of 93, and an FERA of 87, which those numbers are brought down by his very bad debut in the majors last season. And our last pitcher is pitcher number 10, Matthew Libertor with the Cardinals. Especially with the injury to Jack Flaherty and the injury to Alex Reyes, Libertor, it looks like he's going to have a shot at maybe being the fifth starter for the Cardinals, or at least the sixth starter for the Cardinals this year, and should be starting in short order. He played the whole season at AAA last year and fared pretty good. Uh, he wasn't amazing, but he did play well enough in AAA. And he's a left, big lefty with a nice curveball, so it would be good for him to get some action with Adam Wainwright while Wainwright is still in the league and not retired, so he can learn more about pitching from someone who doesn't have the best fastball but has a great curveball. And he kind of has like an upside of like a number two, number three starter. So Libertor has an F stuff of 105, an F control of 94, and an FERA of 126. I'm going to rehash my pictures right here and then try to get out of here because my two-year-old is throwing a temper tantrum in the back. You may hear him in the background. We've got pitcher number one, Shane Boz. Pitcher number two, Joe Ryan. Pitcher number three, Valenzi Contreras. Pitcher number four, Aaron Ashby. Pitcher number five, Grayson Rodriguez. Pitcher number six, Matt Brash. Pitcher number seven, Hunter Green. Pitcher number eight, Max Meyer. Pitcher number nine, Reed Detmers. And pitcher number 10, Matthew Liebertor. So that wraps up our 2022 All-Prospect Redraft team.
if you want to read about the the all prospect redraft team i recommend checking out this article of the same podcast on friends with fantasy benefits it's going to be my accompanying article check it out on friends with fantasy benefits check out the f scores it will help you in your dynasty leagues and as well as your redraft leagues figure out who you should be on the lookout for what prospects are you going to find value who's going to be playing this year um are you in a buy now or win now or are you in a win later type dynasty what kind of keeper league are you in so these prospects help out in any league whether it be redraft or dynasty or keeper league so you can figure out who's going to be up when i think they're going to be up when they should be up so uh and also what kind of where, where they excel is this a power guy is this a speed guy because if you just are going by like MLB.com's prospect rankings, you're not going to know what type of player these guys are. You're just going to say, oh, uh, Adley Rutschman is the number one player on Keith Law's rankings. But that doesn't make him the number one fantasy baseball player either. So that's why this article is so important and why this podcast is so important. So after you listen to the pod, um, please check out the article on Friends with Fantasy Benefits. And please give me a follow at Fantasy Aceball on Twitter. Please follow me. Please retweet my stuff. Please like my stuff. I'm a small fish out there, and I'm trying to at least become a medium-sized fish. I'm like a little minnow right now, and I want to become like, uh, you know, at least like, a, what, a salmon or something like that, and then maybe I can work my way up to dolphin or sailfish someday, and uh, hopefully I'll be a shark in 10 years or so maybe <laughs> uh, for my sea analogy in Fantasy Baseball. Um, if you enjoyed the pod, like I said, again, please retweet me out there, like my stuff, follow me on Twitter, and um, help get my name out there. I know a lot of people don't like to share their secrets with Fantasy Baseball, but it would really help me out, and I really appreciate anyone who shouts me out. So please shout me out. Feel free. Ask me questions on Twitter. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to help you guys win. I, I Obviously, there's no ads on my pods or anything. I'm not here for any money. I'm trying to help you guys out and uh, have some fun along the way because I love baseball just like you guys. So thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next time.